Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by Emma Dale, narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 8 Could Have Gone Better. Having arrived in Sophie's bedroom, the now three of them walked into the living room and saw that neither Lizzie nor Mum had moved, and that Lizzie didn't appear in the slightest bit phased by the inexplicable appearance of Yasmin. She just continued watching the television and didn't bat an eyelid. Sophie settled herself on the floor of the living room while Yasmin, Clara and Lizzie crowded onto the settee. Amelia stayed zoned out on the chair, completely oblivious to anything around her, including the fact that Yasmin was in full school uniform. Have you been to Scope? Lizzie asked. Clara tutted and rolled her eyes. Lizzie could have worked out where they had been, but instead chose to ask. What, to Clara, was an obvious question for no reason. Yes, but Alton King is going to make a speech about the incidents last week, apparently, Sophie retorted, hoping that would satisfy her sister's curiosity and alleviate Clara's annoyance. At Scope? Lizzie asked again. Yes, Clara snapped back. Do you really need every detail? Sophie rolled her eyes and took the remote from the top of her sister's leg. She then proceeded to put the news channels on. On the screen was a reporter standing in front of the very building that Sophie, Clara and Yasmin had just left. Scope to the girls, but shadow to everyone else. It was starting to look a little run down, as it would if nobody ever went through the front door. There were weeds growing at the base of the door frame and dirt all over the windows. Somebody had even graffitied words on the wall that Sophie had heard her mum say before, but only had a sneaking suspicion of what they actually meant. The reporter began speaking. We are just awaiting the imminent arrival of Shadow founder, Alton King, to the podium to answer the many questions about the events last week. Many millions of people have held him and his company responsible for either the disappearance of loved ones or the sudden ageing of their children. Mr King has not been seen in public for weeks and many believe this is a sign that he is guilty of manipulating people into buying an internet implant. Sophie tutted and shook her head, knowing that this wasn't the case. However, the mentioning of loved ones going missing made her stomach start to do somersaults. But then she thought about the problem of possibly getting agents back to help rectify the situation, and it went away again. Has there been a fall in people using this product in the aftermath of what's happened? The anchor woman in the newsroom asked the on-the-spot reporter. No. If anything, the use of the internet implant has gone up in the days after it. Experts have put this down to people wanting to track down people who have gone missing, wanting to share a dramatic story that they have, or people seeking safety online in fear of another attack. But that doesn't make sense, Sophie said, deciding that she would voice the opinion she had been holding for the last week to anyone that was listening. If people don't trust the device or the people that make it, then don't use it. They will criticise the company and what they're doing, but they won't form any sort of real protest because it would inconvenience them too much. Nobody else really moved or was even listening to what Sophie was trying to say. As a result, Sophie kept her thoughts to herself from then on, as they clearly weren't being appreciated. Could this be as a result of the failure to deliver the internet implant for children that was promised in a press conference a few weeks ago at the school in the Midlands? The anchor woman asked. That's unknown, the on-the-spot reporter replied. That was believed to have been put on hold after the collapse of the girl being implanted. All eyes turned to Sophie, but it was Yasmin that offered a comment. They don't use your name anymore. Sophie felt very relieved by this. She hadn't intended to be famous at all, and the time that she was being talked about and spotted was horrible, and she was now very glad that she was no longer being named in the media. 
After a few more questions from the anchor woman, which seemed to be aimed at anybody that had been living under a rock for the last ten days, the camera panned to the right, and the now frail, exhausted-looking figure of Alton King made his way towards the podium in front of the building which contained his life's work. Sophie was a bit baffled, as she assumed King would be in his avatar, and would therefore not need to look as rough as he did. He certainly gave the impression of somebody who hadn't slept for a long time. Perhaps this was his avatar, and this was an idea to generate sympathy from the public by looking dishevelled, Sophie thought to herself. Thank you for coming, was King's opening gambit, as he shuffled his papers on the platform in front of him. There has been much speculation about the horrific incidents from last week, and accusations levelled at my company and I. Too right! How could you have done that? came a voice from the crowd off to the side of the news crews. Let me assure you... Another random voice popped up. Assure us! You're a monster! King began again. Let me assure you that my company was in no way responsible for anything that occurred last week. He was sounding riled by the constant interruptions and accusations being thrown at his most treasured possession. How can we believe you? You've hidden away for months. Then, over a week after all this, you then decide to come out and just claim you didn't do anything. Why wait this long? Sophie shuffled uncomfortably. She knew what King was trying to say was true, but could completely see the point of view of the crowd, which was quickly turning into an angry mob. This plan wasn't going to work, and both she, Miss Sissons and King knew it. I cannot prove it wasn't me, but surely the acts of last week and the reappearance of mythical creatures all over our world cannot be a coincidence, King said, starting to sound a bit more affirmative and confident, but was spouting facts that didn't ring true with the people in the crowd. Finally, a news reporter was able to ask a question. What mythicals would they be, Mr King? There are no specific records that we are aware of that show mythical creatures returning for the first time in over a decade. He's lying, came another shout from the crowd. Again, Sophie could see that King was getting very frustrated with the heckles from the general public. She saw him scowl and frown, but he somehow continued to maintain his calm. He wasn't used to being challenged by anyone, let alone strangers, and she could see that he could feel his company slipping away from his grasp and its reputation was being ripped up in front of him. This isn't going very well for Mr King, is it? Lizzie suddenly piped up, stating the obvious. Shush! Clara snapped back without looking at her, and Lizzie looked overly sorry for asking her question. Over the last few weeks, goblins have shown up in some cities, old ladies have been threatened by aliens shining lights on them from above. At this point, Yasmin cooking off, Oh God, Sophie, I never asked about your nans. I know your dad's gone, but what about them? Mum's mum is fine. She needs something to keep her occupied because she's clearly missing. Sophie looked at Clara and couldn't bring herself to say Uncle Matthew. You know. And Sophie couldn't bring herself to say Dad either. My other one is still at the home talking to herself. She's given daily treatments for her memory using an implant. She just happened to be undergoing that treatment at the time. She was very lucky. Other old people in the home vanished right in front of the nurses. Focusing back on the news report, Sophie listened to how King was going to get out of this one. But they were all just rumours invented by people who wouldn't be believed. A news reporter responded to King's claim. No, they are much more than that. The mythicals are back and ready to terrorise us all again. People just don't want to look around and... King went to say that people were spending too much time looking at a screen, but understandably changed what he was about to say. King's last sentence was met with silence by everyone listening. They were all in complete denial and disbelief at what he had just said. Where's your proof? was the first thing to get shouted up. Give me time, King responded. More time, 
came another heckle. Just let me prove it to you. King began to struggle again. This conference clearly hadn't gone down with the crowd the way he'd wanted it to. He so desperately and accurately wanted to pin the incidents on the mythicals in order to hold up his beloved company that he was getting frantic. And what do we do with our implants until then, Mr King? asked a reporter. Are they safe to be used? Of course they are, King began. Don't patronise us, came the most aggressive shout yet. How do we know that they're safe? Sir, have you in particular had any difficulty using your implants since last week? King retorted, finding his feet again. He knew he could win this argument. No, came the reply, and that is how it will continue, King answered. Murmurs from the crowd implied that they also hadn't had any trouble with their device in the last week and a half. Give me time to prove to you that mythicals have returned and are responsible for this. Your devices are perfectly safe. Trying to think neutrally, Sophie tried again to make a point to the others. Why don't people take them out if they're that concerned? Or is the online world that important to them? People are pathetic, Sophie said, and she couldn't help but look over at Amelia, still completely zoned out and oblivious to the world around her. Again, Sophie's comments were met with mere shrugs or grunts from the other girls. Sophie began to question slightly how much drive the others had and what would happen if she wasn't there, but the thought quickly passed. See, King has the same idea as me. If he gets a mythical for everyone to see, then they will believe him, Lizzie said, seemingly quite proud of herself. Has he got one locked up somewhere? The other three girls turned and looked at each other and all leapt up from their seats as they all realised the same thing after what Lizzie had said. Suddenly the news report faded into insignificance as Sophie, Clara and Yasmin all assumed they knew what King was going to do. I'll get to the Encantado, Clara blurted out. Yasmin followed with, I'll get to the control room and instantly disappeared. I'm going for King, Sophie finished. As Sophie left the room, she heard Lizzie ask, Can I help? Later, Sophie thought to herself, and the press conference continued with now just Lizzie watching all alone and Amelia lying in the chair next to her, still completely unaware. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.